All right. Uh, good morning. Uh, good afternoon. Good evening, uh, wherever you are in the world. Uh, my name is Dirk Reitz. I am the founder and event chair of MBS. Uh, first and foremost, I hope everyone's staying safe and healthy uh, during these crazy times. Uh, I want to welcome you all to our first MBS virtual event. Uh, given the current environment, uh, we've launched this online series to keep our community connected. I know many of you have attended our events in the past. Uh, for those that have not, uh, the goal of MBS is pretty simple. Uh, we want to continue to push the industry forward by bringing marketers together to discuss the challenges and opportunities in mobile, uh, network, and learn from each other. Uh, we have a great lineup of speakers scheduled for the next six weeks uh, and we'll be announcing more soon. Uh, the team and I tried to get a good mix of brands from across different industries to understand how these brands are navigating change and preparing for the future. Uh, I want to thank our launch partners, Kochava and Arky, uh, for their support. Uh, if you're on Twitter or Instagram, Instagram, please give us a follow and feel free to use the hashtag uh, MBSVirtual. Uh, lastly, um, I encourage all of you to submit any questions that you might have uh, for our speaker uh, and we'll be sure to address those at the end of the interview. Uh, so without further ado, uh, I'd like to introduce Kate Brady from PepsiCo. Uh, Kate, welcome and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, so first off, uh, I know you've been with PepsiCo for over 10 years. Um, can you talk a little bit about your background, uh, your current role? I know you have a few different titles. Uh, and what made you join PepsiCo? Yeah, sure. Um, so I have spent my entire career so far in the, the media um, strategy and investment space. Um, I started off on the agency side, um, like many on the brand side do. Um, spent about a decade working on the agency um, side across various uh, Group M, mostly agencies. Um, when I came over to PepsiCo um, in April of 2010, um, I spent almost just over nine years um, in the media strategy team for beverages. Um, so we've got various sectors across PepsiCo. We're a huge, huge um, corporation. And so, you know, the main sectors, um, or what we call our business units are um, beverages and snacks, um, being the Frito-Lay division, sports and fitness being your Gatorade and, and juices, um, Propel, um, our nutrition and um, which also encompasses like Tropicana, um, Naked and our Quaker division. Um, so spent nine plus years working in media strategy for beverages. Um, and during that time, I worked across every single beverage with the exception of Gatorade because it fell out of our um, jurisdiction. Um, and then about a year ago, um, was um, brought on to a newly formed team within, um, within the corporation, um, the North American media team. Um, and we work across all of the sectors now. So now I have the liberty of, of um, working across a number of new different partners and learning about all the different businesses and really helping drive our agenda to find new ways to market to our consumers. They're gonna just drive us to be more effective, more efficient and, and um, really just make sure that we are delivering 
the best messaging and, and ways to message to our consumers in the future and continuing to evolve that strategy. So it's been super exciting. Um, love the fact that, you know, PepsiCo continues to innovate in it. Um, you know, 10 years ago, I had the chance to start right on the, the Pepsi Blue Can brands, which is, um, you know, you can't look to a better brand to um, go on brand side marketing against. You know, we've, we are a part of everything within pop culture. You know, we like to say that Pepsi is at the center of music, sports, and entertainment, and it really does sit at that kind of center of pop culture. So um, it's been a really fantastic journey, and I'm still so excited to come to, to we'll stay at home for work every day now because we just, um, you know, it's a really great additional new path in my career driving innovation here. Great. Given the current environment, I mean, this is all obviously new to us, something that we've never experienced. Can you share how PepsiCo is navigating this change and kind of preparing for what the future holds? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think any of us expected that we would be in this situation and so quickly how everything shifted. Um, but I really do um, think my leadership team has done a phenomenal job of really making sure that we're staying um, that we're keeping, you know, the business rolling and moving and, and adapting to this change as easily as possible. Um, our senior leadership has been very transparent and, and provided us with a lot of intel across the way. So you really do feel like you're involved or at least aware of all that's going on, which I think is super helpful as the changes have that are being made and they have to be made. You know, we, um, we saw, uh, our business actually we saw a lot of pantry loading when this all happened which was um, great from a volume perspective to see our business um, you know people couldn't keep enough soda and chips and snacks on the shelves um, but what that meant is that we had to hire additional workforce to help keep our customers stock shelved um, or shelf stocked rather and um, the cost of business at this point is a whole lot more expensive than it was a few months ago because of the extra PPE, because of um, hazard pay that we want to make sure that we're keeping our um, employees and frontline workers, um, you know, giving them the, the incentives to come to work every day. Um, and so, you know, we did hire 6,000 additional workers to adapt to the changes that we need. And we're continuing to make changes as we move forward on, you know, our, our messaging because we saw all of that pantry loading. We didn't really need to support the brands um, to the degree at that time um, that we might have in the past because people were just really trying to buy whatever they could. Um, that being said, we know that we need to continue to keep support behind our brands. So um, it's a delicate balance of how we make sure that we are delivering our business goals and, and um, keeping our inventory. Um, but we also have significant in investments within the marketplace and some of those we worked really hard with our partners to find um, relief for some of those investments to shift some things back um, because of that, you know, challenge to um, working in this environment and how much more it does cost to do it. And also, you know, the, the lack of need for some of the investments that we had initially planned on. Um, so we've been adapting. I think that, like I said, I think our senior leadership has done a phenomenal job. It's been a huge shift. And I think those, like, I know that, the teams are still replanning some of the activity for the balance of the year, um, just be, being mindful of all that's happening. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely been um, a challenge and, and a valiant effort across the board between our agency partners and our teams and um, everybody really working and um, 
doing everything they can to make sure that we just are successful in the long run. I think we've all kind of received those emails from the CEO of XYZ company about what they're doing during this time. You know, we've seen some companies change the messaging, some cut all media, et cetera. Can you share with the, with the audience, like what was PepsiCo's strategy when kind of all this hit? Yeah, so I think, I know we went dark on social when this all happened, but we're, we're definitely trying to be sensitive to tone. Um, we, we have since gone back on, but there was definitely, we wanted to be cautious about how we were um, messaging and wanted to make sure that nothing that came across is inappropriate. Um, our Frito-Lay team launched, um, you know, a great, spot that talks about how you know our front line is really doing a phenomenal job and how we were you know supporting that end um from a brand product perspective i think a lot of it's been more generic in your you know taste and refreshment type of spots um versus um being a little bit more sensitive about how um, irreverent or what type of humor or tone i think that you know as things continue to evolve people were recognizing that people don't only want to see, you know, not doom and gloom, but they, they want something as a bit of relief to some of the, um, the messaging that we're seeing in the marketplace. And so I think we're starting to, to see um, that there might be the, the time to, to think about things again, but I don't think we've made a decision one way or another on, on if we would, go right back to the way that we were previously um, messaging because we just want to make sure that we're being sensitive to any um, consumers. Sure. Um, with all of us at home, there's obviously been a rise in e-commerce, increased adoption of the delivery platforms, Instacart, Walmart, et cetera. Um, what is PepsiCo doing to kind of take advantage of these, these trends? Yeah, so um, just three days ago, we launched, launched two new websites, um, pantryshop.com and snacks.com. The snacks.com um, is being run through our Frito-Lay division and, and the Pepsi shop is being run out of our e-com team. But I think we've, you know, one of the bright spots um, for our business through all of this, we've seen a huge surge in um, e-com um, uh, e preference, which, you know, has been somewhat of a challenge to date. You know, we've seen as, with most companies, you see, we've seen a, an increase and a pretty significant increase, but there are still challenges that people aren't used to buying soda um, through an e-com channel. So we've seen that shift and, and the acceleration behind that um, that I think we thought would take longer to, to get to. So with opportunities like Pantry Shop, where it, we're looking at bundling different occasion types, so you can get a you know a breakfast pack that's your Tropicana juice and Quaker oatmeal or hot. Um, or, you know, Aunt Jemima syrup, things like that that can work together, um, or through the snacks.com, um, where it's, you know, more about the, the chips and snacks side of things. Um, we're making it easier for our consumers to get the, the, the um, products that we have and, and making it a little bit more direct to them than, than we ever have before. Um, that's not to say that we're not gonna continue to support efforts on the e-com channels or from our retailers. We still do a tremendous amount of business through those um, and wanna continue you know, supporting all of those customers. But it's, a, it's really um, been interesting to see the new um, ways that we can you know, work through this, this business. But um, you know, I was mentioning to you earlier, this is new for everybody. So I'm still trying to figure out exactly what 
um, the plans are behind it, how much support we're going to be putting behind it. And so I'm really interested to see how we continue to evolve in this space. That's great. Um, what are what are some of the platforms that you're seeing kind of the most engagement on right now? Um, well, I think it's no surprise to anybody. And you, if you look at any trade, you see the, the surge in streaming um, over the past few uh, couple of months. Um, you know, the, the level of linear to streaming viewership has, you know, where we aren't seeing those significant games on the linear side and seeing an upward trajectory that we didn't think was going to happen for a couple of years on the streaming side is only, um, you know, it's, it's really exciting because part of my, my focus over the past, you know, year has been how do we make sure that we're continuing to move at the speed that the consumers are. Um, and so, you know, there's, it's, there's been always like, well, we have to bring the data along to support it. And there's now endless data to, to help support the fact that people are shifting away from that traditional linear and into more um, OTT type of channels or advanced TV type of channels. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's just super exciting to see that, that you've got endless reams of data to help support it. And I think that, you know, it's going to be a much easier sell than it might have been three months ago. Yeah. Um, can you share just some information on, you know, some of the recent campaigns that you guys have done, including the one to, to help the restaurant workers? Yeah, so PepsiCo, um, you know, we, we pr pride ourselves as being a very purposeful organization and everything that we've been doing is really about um, trying to help support our customers, our retail supporters, and um, our field and making sure that, you know, we're... Um, helping bring smiles to everyone's faces, which is part of our mission. Um, and so we recently partnered, um, we recently donated several million dollars um, to Guy Fieri's foundation for the Restaurant Relief Fund um, and really brought him, um, we helped him hit his goal of that 20 million mark. Um, I think it was a 3 million donation that we did, but that 3 million is um, just you know, part of the over $50 million in donations that um, PepsiCo has donated in COVID relief since the start of this crisis. Um, when it first started, we, a big effort went behind the Together at Home um, concert that we actually helped produce with Global Citizens um, and Lady Gaga. Um, our design team actually created the logo for that concert series. So, um, you know, I think the team was really passionate about um, making sure that that we were offering some level of um, enjoyment during this time of crisis. And I thought that that concert series went off really well, um, bringing something new, um, new content to these people during that time. When we spoke last week, you had brought up, um, you know, kind of we were talking about your role, you brought up PepsiCo Labs. Uh, can you kind of share uh, what PepsiCo Labs is to the uh, for the audience? Yeah, so um, as a part of my role, I am helping lead the North American initiative for PepsiCo Labs. And what PepsiCo Labs is is a um, tech venture startup team. They're based out of Israel. We've got um, a couple of people in Israel. We've actually got one person in San Francisco because those are typically where we find the most startups um, coming from. And we identify various terrains that we need to focus on um, to help deliver business objectives and do a sense of speed dating with um, a number of different partners once we've identified what that terrain is and who might be a fit. 
um, and then do some rapid pilots to um, hopefully, you know, see some successes and scale up across the organization. Um, a lot of the work that I do is about capability bringing. So it's building. So it's about bringing those opportunities to our different brand teams so that we can make sure that we're, you know, most successful as we continue moving forward. Gotcha. Um, what are some of the, like the emerging technologies that you're kind of either seeing or looking at uh, that would fall underneath your role? Um, so most of the work that I, that I, most of the partners that I'm looking at right now have some sort of AI based technology. I think, um, you know, we're always looking to see how we can be faster, stronger, and better. And I think AI helps enable that a lot. Um, we've got a lot of data um, within PepsiCo that we're trying to leverage to be better um, and deliver better messaging against our audiences. So personalization at scale um, has been kind of a big agenda item for us to find those like hyper-personalized types, um, those partners that can help us be more hyper-personalized with our messaging to, you know, thousands of iterations that we can make sure that, you know, Dirk, you're getting message A and someone else is getting message B and someone else is getting message G that's really going to make sure that that's really going to fit best for them that that will make them act on it. And so that's been a that's been a big um, focus area. Um, and in addition to that, you know, just trying to be better about our marketing. So creative or content intelligence work has been a um, high priority um, and even creative development work and, and how we can do that faster, stronger and better. So like innovation is obviously part of your role. I mean, what are some of the brands that you look at, you know, for inspiration? Um, you know, I think that there's always the, the Samsungs and, um, you know, Google and Amazon, I think are always continuing to innovate. So it's really important that we stay close to those partners to see what up and coming tech is coming. Um, but I've also been fascinated through this whole PepsiCo Labs team and seeing these startups that are just, um, They've got some really great ideas um, that, you know, if, if we can find ways to make them successful, it's super exciting. I also think some of our brands internally have been really um, innovative and continue to, to drive things that are just really groundbreaking. You know, the, the Mountain Dew brand, which I had the liberty of working on for a number of years, um, I always positioned us as, you know, a top innovative brand and, and love to see what, what that brand continues to do. Um, now that I'm not working on it, but I think it, it continues to, to lead um, in that space. So I'm sure you probably get plenty of kind of emails, phone calls from, you know, vendors uh, wanting to meet with you. You know, what does it take to, to get a response from you and get a meeting on your calendar? <laughs> um, sometimes it's persistence. Um, <laughs> a lot of times it's flexibility, um, but also just being very clear in what your, um, you know, an overview of what your product offering is, what um, the benefit can be for us, um, and being willing to be flexible in, in you know, starting small or um, even just, you know, doing some sort of a, a test or trial run. Um, I think a lot of people come in and see PepsiCo and think big dollar signs, and so that can be challenging often because, you know, while we do have bigger budgets than some um most of those are usually already allocated for so it does become challenging to find flexible funds so so being able to partner and really um try to work through things i think is always helpful gotcha uh, i did have one question um that came in kind of 
obviously we have a lot of brands um, joining us today. Kind of like if you had to put one thing, you know, one piece of technology, um, you know, say over the next 12 to 18 months, what, what would you recommend, um, you know, other brands kind of take a look at and um, see if it could be a good fit for their, their organization? Um, I mean, I think any, anything addressable is, is something that we're really focused on. I think we know that we have a very large database of um, information on our audiences and, and product affinity. And I think that there is a um, huge opportunity to be more successful leveraging, um, leveraging addressable technology. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, I know everybody's time is valuable. Um, we've all probably been on plenty of Zoom meetings and things like that. But Kate, uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, this was a great conversation. Um, and uh, hopefully, uh, we'd love to have you at one of our in-person events down the road. Um, so again, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. We'd love to. Um, again, thanks uh, again to everybody that joined us today. Um, I hope that you can join us uh, next Thursday, uh, where we'll be hosting the head of consumer marketing from DoorDash. Uh, please, if you have any colleagues um, that would be interested in attending this series, uh, feel free to have them RSVP on our website. Uh, thanks again for joining us and have a great rest of the day, everyone.